part of the Horizon Roundtable. I am Bob McDonald, and joining me, of course, is my co-host, Matt Dudek. Hey there, everybody. All right, Matt, of course, you can find on Twitter at Horizon Matt. You can pull us up on Twitter as well at HorizonRT. You can pull us up on the web at HorizonRoundtable.com and be sure to subscribe to us wherever podcasts are found. And, and Matt, I... Couple of we have we have some uh, we have some programming notes because Those sound important. I don't know I don't know if you noticed but uh, not next episode but the episode after that is our 200th episode and no I'm not counting the bonus episodes. We should do something special for that, Bob. I think we should. Um, how about interviewing Julie Orlash? That sounds special. That sounds like something we could do. So yeah, we're uh, so. So other other than the obvious self-congratulatory stuff we're going to do on that episode, we're going to interview Julie Rolash. This is a long time coming, too. Looking forward to that. Absolutely excited that she's uh, been able to find a little time to, to talk with us, and what a perfect way to bring in episode 200. That's right. All right. So, uh, so uh, we we I'm sure we'll 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 come up with some questions on our own too. I'm sure you guys might have some questions too. Maybe that we may or may not be uh, may or may not ask. So, you know, <laughs> it's what we do. I don't, uh, I don't know if we'll be able to ask the questions some people want us to ask, but that's okay. No, I don't even know. You know what? I'm sure there's a bunch of out there weird stuff. Look, Jim, we're not going to talk to Julia Rolash about non-conference scheduling. It's just not going to happen. Except we are. Because we are. they just came out. We are because they just came out. Um, at, We'll talk a little bit. They actually partnered with a... Some I saw the I saw the tweet uh, last I think it was earlier this week where they were talking um, where they're attempting to address this issue because they have a partnership with uh, somebody. We'll talk to her about that partnership anyway, because I think that kind of actually addresses the question that Jim would ask or basically anybody else for that matter. True. Can I can I plug another endorsement from the Horizon League right right now? Absolutely. Uh, I'm going to tweet this out because I I have a feeling more people will see it in a tweet than. How, you know, we'll talk. We'll see what the response is that uh, might be willing to do, you know, a pregame preview um, for, you know, some games that are coming up, whether that's non-conference or in-conference. You know, we can figure out, you know, when we can post that so we're not telling anything that, you know, we're not supposed to be saying. But I think it might be a really cool way to uh, help some students cash in on some NIL, but also give uh, the Horizon Roundtable uh, a neat perspective into uh, some of these games. So you heard the, shoot, you heard shoot me a message. Man, shoot him a DM. At Horizon Matt, shoot him a DM. Let's talk. I'm, I'm not. I'm not kidding. And I realize that that the oh, wait, wait, we're money. dead serious about these things. So yes, absolutely. You you have open doors now. We can do this on, on the level. Do it do it the right way. No pen names. Nothing like. Let's just talk. Let's find a price and let's let's get. Actually, you know what? Yeah, DM Matt. Absolutely. I'll start. I'll so, handle it. Awesome. Um, by the way, next week is our student media forum too. By the way, so uh, I'm. Uh, this is one I look forward to every year. So, uh, as a former student media guy, so I'm looking forward to that. Actually, this is going to be the. This is actually going to be the first year where a former one, a, a, one of our former contributors, is actually going to be on there as a member of student media. So, that's a first. So, oh, we got. Yeah. 
Which one? Who? Jaden who Stambolia. It's Jaden Stambolia. Oh, the editor in chief of the Cauldron at Cleveland State. Yeah. Look at him. Things come around full circle. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah. Jaden was. Jaden originally contributed to us, and then he got a job that prevented him from doing so. So, but anyway, yeah. So he. So this was not the not this job, obviously, but. But yeah, that's so. I'm. That's gonna be something. Um, it always is something. I'm like so. By the way, um, let, let's get into kind of what we were wanted to talk about is the release of the official Horizon League poll. By the way, I did not realize I did this because we were waiting around for this for a little while. It did not occur to me that I actually scheduled preview our preview week a week before they do their uh, they uh, the Horizon League announces their schedule uh, uh, announces their polls. I love. I did it. not realize I did that. I did not. It's a happy accident, so that's great. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, yeah. Uh, by the way, HD intelligence is the, uh, is, is the, uh, basketball partnership with the scheduling, but again, yeah. we'll, 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 we'll talk to him about, uh, about that. So, yeah, so this is how it breaks down and we actually had a tie for the first, uh, we had a tie in, uh, for first place this year between Purdue, Fort Wayne and Northern Kentucky. Which is funny because we had Purdue Fort Wayne first and Northern Kentucky second. Now, here's the thing: they both had, uh, I guess, uh, depending upon the uh, how they tabulated the, the points for these votes, they each had 394 points. But Purdue Fort Wayne actually got two more first place votes than Northern Kentucky did. So, technically, if you want to split hairs, Purdue Fort Wayne uh, finished for. Uh, was picked first if you want to split hairs, but it is, it was a first place tie. So, um, which is funny because somehow the horizon league keeps ending in first place ties. It's amazing how that works. And, uh, tiebreakers come into play too, obviously. Um, so, uh, they have Wright state third, Oakland fourth, Youngstown state fifth and Detroit mercy sixth. Uh, all six of those teams, all six of them received at least one first place vote. Which makes perfect sense, primarily because you could basically put a blanket over those teams. I, I know we disagree about Detroit Mercy, obviously, but apparently two people uh, two people thought that uh, Detroit Mercy should uh, have a first place vote though, there. So that's kind of how that worked out. So character. And then, no, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah. So rounding out the so rounding out the standings, they have Cleveland State at seventh, Robert Morris at eighth. Uh, Milwaukee ninth, Green Bay tenth, and uh, and IUPUI eleventh. So when you compare their poll and our poll, it's actually pretty similar. Um, nothing, nothing egregious, I don't think, on either side. Not really, no. Uh, so we actually switched around Oakland and Wright State. Uh, I believe we had Oakland third and Wright State fourth. Uh, the official poll had uh, them uh, the other way around. Uh, they also seven, eight, nine were different were different in our poll i think we had what do we have um we had robert morris seventh i believe we had milwaukee eighth and cleveland state ninth i want to say so that was a little different so those three and, and you know what that makes sense because we really i think when we look at kind of tiers of the horizon league you have about three you have three of them you have that top tier, you have the middle, you know, you have middle to bottom tier, and then you have 
Green Bay and IUPUI. Yeah, you, you, it's essentially 1 to 6, 7, 9, 10, 11. Yeah, exactly. So, so it's not really, uh, I mean, we, there wasn't any real deviations. It really wasn't. We really kind of, yep, so yeah, Robert Morris, Milwaukee, Cleveland State, 7, 8, 9 for us. They had Cleveland State, Robert Morris, Milwaukee. And Milwaukee fan was not happy about that. <laughs> Milwaukee has a lot to prove. And they're, I mean, as much as we've talked about the unprovens and the unknowns with some of these teams, um, I think Milwaukee probably has the most unknowns, maybe even yeah. more than IUPUI at this point in Green Bay. So, yeah, I was thinking about Milwaukee a little bit um, just because obviously we have a guy like, we have a guy like Bart Lundy coming in who's had success at the D2 level and, again, probably would have kind of carried over had Queen's University – because Queen's University was going D1 no matter what this year. So he was going to be in D1 no matter what this year. I – officially, it, it appears that Milwaukee's the, – the I want to say the Bart Lundy premium was not a thing in the official poll, it looks like. Right. Um, I think the other thing, to your point, is that there are so many questions that we have, and not just we, but everybody, apparently, including the official voters for this who picked them ninth, of where are they going to get their production from? You know, there's been a lot of talk of Vin Baker, but then if you talk to some of the Milwaukee quote-unquote insiders, Vin Baker's not even like, like we're, we're supposedly way off on it, but no one knows who else to, to look to. I think the one thing that we are, the one, and I, I know John and Alex Carter, well, more mostly Alex, <laughs> sort of part of, partially John in their preview. Um, the one player that I'm looking at, really, is that I don't think we really talked a lot about or talked a, really much about at all is Ahmad Rand. So. Ahmad Rand is he he's jumped around a couple of times. Uh, he was at uh, Oregon State. He was in uh, he was at Memphis, and then and then before that, all that he was actually a JUCO guy. So this guy's six nine. This guy's had some you know he he was looked at by Power Five schools. Now I guess the the question is I think their success I think hinges upon what he produces with this roster, I think. I know it's a lot of pressure, but, you know, guess what? <laughs> also, the other one, too, Keon Edwards. So, Keon Edwards and Ahmad Rand, those are going to be kind of the two guys that Milwaukee's going to have to look for, look to, to get some production. And we'll we'll find out pretty soon, pretty quickly, how that's going to, how that whole thing shakes out for them, as far as uh, Milwaukee's concerned. Well, and the one thing you've mentioned a, a couple different ways with Milwaukee is, you know, you've mentioned Div 2. You know, Barlundi, some of these players, yeah. you know, having success there. But as we learned this week, sometimes being a successful Div 2 does not necessarily translate maybe early season in an exhibition to the Div 1 level. Oh, I wonder what you're referring to. Did you like that transition? That was a segue. Did you see that? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, are you referring to the fact we actually had games this week? Bob, I got to go into an arena with other people and watch 
college kids play basketball this week. It, it seemed yeah. like it had been so long. It really, But at the same time, I mean, it, it hadn't been, but it had been. And I watched basketball in person and tweeted about it and had basketball conversations with basketball people and pretended that I have a clue what I'm talking about at times. And, man, it felt good to be back. Yeah, I mean, we it's been a long time coming, man. It has been a long time coming. It's great, Oakland isn't take, it? Oakland took on a traditionally pretty successful Div 2 team in Grand Valley State University for a very, very early exhibition. It was not one of the secret scrimmages. We'll talk about those later. Uh, this yes. was a, a, a known exhibition. was on yes. ESPN Plus, which, I mean. I know. That was who, great. I love that that was on ESPN Plus. That's one thing I want to hit real quick before we talk about the game is I don't know if it was intentional or not, but Greg Campy has been really good about getting Oakland on ESPN Plus when nothing, like when no one else is. However, he ended up picking a bad day because it was a sports equinox and there was sport sports everywhere. But like as far as college basketball, it was the only thing happening. Um, he did that I think two years ago with a black and gold scrimmage that they put on ESPN Plus because there was nothing on that day. Like he's really good about finding some college, you know, for the college basketball junkies, being one of the first ones to put it out there and be like, hey, college basketball. And uh, I think some people tuned into that. Well, I mean, the, the, the college sports, I mean, the sports equinox involved a Thursday night game on Amazon and none of them have been very good at all. And the World Series that I'm not watching, I mean, not the World Series, uh, the, uh, ALCS. the, yeah, the, that crap that I'm not watching. <laughs> it's going to be okay, Guardian fan. It's gonna really okay. going to be, I, I, well, I mean, it definitely falls under the category of fights. I hope nobody wins, but funny enough, it looks like, uh, the Astros are going to Weep the Yankees on out of there. We we are not turning this into a, a baseball podcast. Not gonna we do are it. Absolutely not gonna do it. I just wanted to gloat a little bit just because. All right, that's fine. But anyway. yeah, Bob, I went and watched basketball. And so yeah, tell so so the one thing that we have to absolutely positively start with is Jalen Moore. He I, I think he's feeling better. <laughs> we because all he, know. he was insane. We all know Jalen Moore is a good basketball player. We all had to hope that he was healthy, and and man, did he show that he's still really good at basketball and healthy. And I think yeah. some of the Horizon League fans might have forgotten at the end of the year, the dude was supposed to have surgery and played like two months with with, with a wrist that needed surgery, and it was on a shooting hand. Like they yeah. forgot how I think we forgot how good Jalen Moore can be. And granted, it was an exhibition game against a Division II opponent. I'm not going to get out, go out of my mind, but but he was really good. And he made it look effortless at all times. And I mean, and incidentally, wow. uh, we should point watch. out, yeah, and not to not to take anything away from them, but uh, I think Grand Valley's got a new, uh, the, the first year head coach in there right now, don't they? They do. It's actually something I talked to Greg Campy about after the game because uh, Cornell Mann is the uh, the head yeah. coach who's been at uh, Missouri as an assistant the past few years, but he was a former assistant coach um, with Greg Campy at Oakland too. So, which I'm yeah. a part of that. Um, Oakland's former um, director of basketball operations, uh, DJ I think DJ Mancini um, is an assistant with Cornell there now as well. So yeah, some definite uh, Oakland connections um, on over to the Grand Valley team there. Yeah. So, so. Not to not to take away anything from this and the fact and also the fact that this didn't count, but I just want to throw out this line now. Jalen Moore only played 25 minutes, and I, I know there were a few people on Twitter was like, "Why is he in here so long? Why is he still in here?" It's okay, guys. He's fine. So this is his line, okay? 32 points on eight of nine shooting, 
two of three from the three-point line, 14 of 15 from the three free throw line, five rebounds, four assists to only two turnovers, and four steals. He was all over the place. You know the worst thing about those four assists? Yeah. It it should have been so many more. Oakland was shooting very poorly as a team. They're they're a very good shooting team, but – they did not shoot the ball well, which actually says a lot about it. We can I don't want to get turn this into a full Oakland breakdown for two hours because I probably could, sadly. But uh, they did not shoot the ball do. well. What's that? Yeah, so well, no, the other per, the other the other guy that I really stood out during this was Keaton Herbie. Definitely he absolutely stood out. So he, he had did. 14, 14 points on four of six. He had a couple of really he definitely the, the one alley oop woke you uh, from Jalen Moore definitely woke everybody up. That's for sure. Uh, Jalen Moore had two um, off the backboard alley oop. He uh, did passes. The he first did. one was to Hervey, and that one was fun because Keaton was calling for for Jalen the entire way down the floor to make sure yeah. that they knew. And and I, I saw Jalen's eyes smile as he came past me on his way in. Like you knew what was about to happen. The better, the funnier one was. Uh, the second one, which was Jalen Moore to um, Dual, um, Chual Deng. Chual Deng. Thank you. I couldn't couldn't get my 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 uh, syllables correct there, um, because Jalen turned around and basically told him what was going to happen. Like you will take this off the backboard and put it in. Um, Oakland actually had a three on O there. They had a chance to go a little Harlem Globetrotter, and it's probably a good thing they didn't because I think Gamby would have been angry at that. Oh point. yeah. But Rocket Watts was actually uh, trailing that as well. They could they could have put that off the backboard a second time, and, and Rocket could have put it away, which would have been unreal. I've never, you know, it's something I've never seen in a game, and it could have happened, but but it didn't. Probably for the better in yeah. the long run. Uh, more than likely, yeah. So the one thing that I did want to point out, so yeah, the 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 shooting outside of those two guys out of Jalen Moore and Keaton Hervey was, as you to your point, not great. Um, uh, yeah, I think Rocket Watts has some rust to, to uh, knock off a little bit. Um, Just can't a little be, bit. Can't be talked about that in his uh, post game too. Um, as he said, he called it. Uh, Rocket had a pedestrian ten points. I think it was actually eleven, but that was Campy's quote. Something it was. Like that. Um, you know, it was very pedestrian. Um, he's he's not. I didn't feel he was trying to press too much at any point. Things just weren't falling, and I think yeah, he had a lot of rust to knock off, and kind of getting used to playing in Oakland. And, you know, he's played on much bigger stages pretty much for years. And now he has to Mm -hmm. adjust to, to being here, but he's still not the guy in in a lot of ways, which I think he's cool with. I mean, obviously, because he came on knowing Jalen Moore is here. I mean, that's only going to make both of those guys better having the other one there. But uh, I think it's just going to be a a matter of settling in and finding, finding, you know, what that's going to look like for him. And the skills were there. He showed them that the, the ball just didn't go in. Yeah, and that was actually true for basically everybody not named Jalen Moore, because I think they only shot but outside of Jalen Moore, they only got about four other guys who actually hit a free th- uh, three pointer. Blake Lambin got a couple, uh, Rocket got one, and I think uh, Will Shepard got one too. Because in to be fair, Will Shepard was only in there for nine minutes. So, can we t- can we talk about Blake Lampman real quick too? Because I know let's talk about Blake. Lampin, so much conversation. One thing. Always. And by the way, Blake Lantman. Yes. So, yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm so, first of all, sorry that the one-on-one thing didn't happen. I'm again, I'd like to point out that yes, Blake Lantman can absolutely take me in a game of one-on-one and dunk on me. Anyone that has the ability to dunk has the ability to then dunk on me because I'm not a good basketball player and I'm never going to tell you I pretend to be. Nope. 
not it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so Blake Lampman, um, offensively, eh, I mean, he was 2 of 7, but defensively, though. He defensively, and it didn't all show up in the box score either because he was boxing people out, not necessarily even getting the rebound. He had two blocks. At one point, I think Grand yeah, Valley had a three on, three on one, and Blake ended up with two blocks and, and yeah. got the ball going back the other way without Grand Valley scoring. Like, he, he has my issue with Blake early on, the reason that Blake hates me and all these things, you know, all the conversation <laughs> and jokes about Blake were because he was brought in to be a shooter. And we were told he's a shooter. He's a shooter. Oakland's been known to have shooters. He's like Kangas. He's like Bader. Well, he wasn't hitting in games. I've watched him in practice. The dude does not miss, but he wasn't hitting in games. And when you're a no. shooter and your job is to score in games and you don't, my job is to then cover it. That's all it comes down to. I, I don't know Blake mm-hmm. Lantman. I bet you Blake Lantman's a great human. He's a very good, um, very good uh, student. I know that. Like, he's probably a good dude. But what Blake Lampman has been able to do, because I feel like he's been around for 38 years and he's still only like a sophomore technically or something like that. Um, yeah, I think so. Is his body's filling out. And, you know, he's got a brother that is a uh, is or was. I'm not sure where he's at right now is uh, an NFL wide receiver. Like he mm. come, he's got that ability and he's he's very fast. Blake, Blake is the track star on that team, too. And um, but he's filling out and he's getting stronger and he's starting to bring more to his game other than just being the shooter. And with that, I think he's, he's becoming a bigger part of this team. And you know what? That's awesome. If you're the, if you're not just there to shoot threes, hey, you know what? If you're going to go two for seven, but you're also going to get a couple blocks and play some defense and do all the other things, great. You're you're a better part of this team now. And that's what was missing early in Blake's career because he was a young freshman put in positions that was not sure. fair to him as a player. That's all it was. Yeah. I think him adding that defensive element to his game has really helped him out a lot. And it showed. It absolutely showed in this. It actually showed in this game. It really did. And like you said, you know, a lot of that stuff did not show up in the. Uh, definitely didn't show up in the stats. But that's what that's a, for the what Greg Campy wants to do with this Oakland team. Offensively, you have to have somebody on the defense end that's able to 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 get the stops for them to produce offensively. And I think in this game, I mean, it's a really small sample size, obviously, but, you know, Blake, Blake Lamb delivered and he did it in 18 minutes. There wasn't really, again, this wasn't really, I think most of it, we saw, I think the bulk of this was in the first half. I mean, we didn't see a lot in the second half because, because Campy wanted to get some guys playing time. Well, and but, he said he he played the first half of that game like it was a game, um, which is saying yeah. something because he went like ten or eleven deep, which is something. Yeah. If you've ever watched an Oakland game, he, he doesn't did. play seven more than seven or eight. Yeah, he played deep, and he said he played that like he would play a game. He's going to play depth this year. He has no choice sure. because he has no size, and those guys are going to run. I think they had forty-seven possessions in the first half. I believe was the number they, they did. Averaged, yes, and they averaged like fifty-five a game last year, and they had forty-seven in the first half. Like it's something unreal. The amount of possessions yeah. they are going to get up and down the floor at a very quick pace, and they're going to get people in and out, and they're going to tire out other teams. That's that is the best best game plan they have right now to overcome their lack of size. Starting Trey Townsend in the, at, at center in the middle is not ideal. He was brought here to be a six six wing, but now he's now he's a six six center essentially. Like that's not ideal, but they're going to make it work by just tiring teams out. You know, a six ten guy can't keep up with six six Trey Townsend, and that's what they're looking to do. No. I mean, they have to do that because it, it seems to me that the options in the middle, Campy didn't really want to spend a lot of time on that, if we're being honest. He's he's going to continue to give Chris Conway um, every opportunity. 
But he's mm-hmm. also going to have a quick trigger on Chris Conway in the minute that he's not happy with something. He's going to pull him out of there. Plus, Chris yeah. Conway is going to slow that slow them down. So it's going to be a temporary change, you know, when he brings brings in someone like that. I, I think Will Shepard is able to get up and down the floor a little bit better. But you know, Will Shepard, while being six eight ish somewhere around there, is really an outside. You know, he's a stretch four. He's not really a a, a bang down low guy. But he but he's going to continue to build into that because that's what it's got to be right now. So the other person I was looking at, the other the other player I was working at during this game was Lauren Bowman, um, and I I expected more. I have heard that from a lot of people, um, and that's not I, a, a I put down on Lauren, Bo- I mean, Lauren Bowman, but he, you know what? I, the nice thing is he's here to back yeah. up Jalen to provide depth to, to at the point guard position. I believe you know, especially Jalen Moore right now. Um, who's still going to probably play 30, 35 minutes. So I think uh-huh. it's going to give Lauren Bowman a chance to learn the offense, which is not always easy. Campy puts a lot of trust yeah. in his point guards um, without as much pressure, um, which might be you know good for Lauren Bowman just to get comfortable and you know find find a role within within the team for a while without having to be in charge of things for too long. Yeah, I think the thing with Bowman, I think Bowman has to say, I think Bowman to me. When I look, saw him, had the same ran kind of the same issue that Rocket Watts has. There's there's a little bit of rust they got to knock off. And to your point, there there's going to be some opportunity to be able to do that, to learn the system, to to get into the flow of this particular system that is. Let's face it, most Horizon League fans haven't really seen. They're going to run. They're going to run, and I mean, everyone used to come down in Oakland. You don't play any defense, well. Sort of, but we play a lot of offense, which means that the other team's also going to have to play a lot of offense because they're going to have the ball just as much. So at some point, there's going to be a lot of points. Exactly. Smash the over. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we, by the way, we're uh, so I'm on a segue here because we are in secret scrimmage. We're also in the secret scrimmages that, in a lot of instances, aren't so terribly secret. <laughs> so secret, we got a box score. So secret that Sony Paul somehow got his hands on a box score. Yeah. So absolutely awesome. By the way, Tony Paul obviously doing color on the Oakland games now. So only sometimes, but yeah, he didn't. Only sometimes occasionally. Yes. Um, So, yeah. So it was uh, Detroit Mercy and Western Michigan. So a couple things that I pulled out of this one. First of all, I still don't know who the heck is on Detroit Mercy's roster. No idea, because apparently AJ Oliver, who just kind of—I I guess he was a late roster ad. AJ Oliver, uh, the transfer from Old Dominion, he got a lot of playing time in this particular scrimmage. He got about 35 points, I mean 35 minutes, almost 36 actually. But that's not what strikes. That's not what stands out to me with this him. What stands out to me is the fact that he got he was five of six shooting in three or four three of four from three point land. He got sixteen points. And when this is a guy I don't think we've ever I, I we we fully expected not to see. I didn't even mention him. It, it was he was he was added so late, I didn't even include him in my preview. I heard about him, but I didn't have enough information to include him in the preview. <laughs> Oops. I mean, go figure. Detroit Mercy is not giving us information surprise yeah so i guess nobody to nobody's surprise antoine had uh had 24 points so here's the thing so i'm looking at this here too 
turnovers is gonna uh, turnovers are gonna be an issue. <laughs> turnovers are gonna be an issue. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, not really. They only had twelve. Problem is that um, we've heard throughout the off season that it was the situation was gonna be is gonna be Antoine off the ball a lot more than it has been. Um, I don't think it doesn't seem like that was the case here. <laughs> Because he had five assists and six turnovers. So, sounds to me like someone still, handling the ball. Is he still running the, yeah, because nobody else, nobody else had an assist, nobody else had more than one assist. And Antoine had five. So, he also had seven rebounds, too. So, but yeah, that's, um, so I guess they still have some things to work out on that end. Interestingly enough, uh, TJ Moss did not play in this scrimmage. So I don't know if we're going to see him, but we didn't see him here. I think I heard uh, he was hurt, but recovered. No, that like, was a rat. Uh, that uh, according to Carrick, that was a Rashma Parks. He's hurt. So I guess he Carrick uh, Carrick uh, mentioned uh, that Carrick Jones mentioned that Rashma Parks got hurt. I don't know the extent of the injury, so I guess we'll find out soon enough. But yeah, I think he's hurt because he only played three minutes of this game. Um. I got some. I, I wish this wasn't secret because I want to hear a lot more about Kyle Legrier's uh, technical foul with eight nine. <laughs> I still want to. I got to hear about that. Foul? How are you going to attack in a secret scrimmage? What are you doing? What are we doing here? I mean, actually, yeah, the, yeah. I guess we, if that's what we're warming up to. Hey, that's great. <laughs> but so yeah, they went so. So this secret scrimmage Detroit were Mercy won 79-72, by the way. By the way, I should mention, um, guess who was on Western Michigan's roster? I mean, I know the answer. Too. I know, I know, the, you answer. know the answer. I, I, I've, I've been Maddox. following the story. Yeah, Trey Maddox. Trey Maddox, and, yeah. Yeah, he had, uh, yeah, he had nine points, uh, two assists, four rebounds, 33 minutes. Uh, the guy who's... Obviously, the the guy who's going to be the biggest producer on that team is Lamar Norman. Makes sense. I'm not surprised about that. Oh, but Tafari Sims is also on this roster, by the way. And Milwaukee fan, you know who he is. Dwayne Stevens, former uh, Michigan State assistant, putting putting a team together there. Yeah, with coincidentally with a few uh, a few Horizon League guys mixed in, ex Horizon League guys that is. Absolutely. So yeah, the um, so. So I guess the question that I have is, is with Detroit Mercy, is this going, this obviously, obviously this is Antoine's team. The question I have is, is Antoine, go, is, are we still going to have him, is the plan still having him run off the ball, or is this going to be a completely different thing? Or, or is this something else we're not thinking of? I I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't even pretend to know. I'm not even going to guess. I'm not, because... I don't ever know what's going on down there. I wish I did sometimes. Sometimes I'm glad I don't. Yeah. So the yeah, it's just so yeah. We they don't have yeah. It just seems like you know, you would yeah. They only had they had yeah. They had eight assists on twelve turnovers. That is that's, eight that's assists not ideal. is not a lot. That is not ideal, especially since they made uh, you know this on on twenty five on twenty five shots made. I'm not looking so, at the box score. How many minutes? Anton played like 30-some minutes, too, didn't he? He did. 
Yeah. That's a lot. I mean, it's a scrimmage. I mean, you want to try to maybe emulate some game conditions. It looked like, I mean, if I remember just from glancing at it, Detroit didn't go too deep either, but I mean. No, they did not. They only played one That's a lot of minutes. Marcus Tankersley is the only freshman who played. So once again, I was absolutely incorrect in who I thought was actually going to be in this, uh, who was going to be in the mix for them. But it's, yeah, it's, but yeah, that, that, that's going to be a big question. The question is, what? Uh, how much is it going to be another season of? Oh yeah, by the way, more. Uh, you know, Antoine playing 37, 38 minutes a game. So far, and, I mean, I get, I get that. I get that. But at the same time, that is, and or maybe we're just like overestimating the wear and tear, I guess. I don't know. He, he needs another option. You, you, can, you can't break scoring records from the bench. No, you cannot. I'm sorry. I thought, I, yeah, as, as was explained to me, Isaiah Jones was the freshman we thought for sure was going to get minutes. Marcus Tangersley got two minutes. So yeah, we totally. Yeah. Hey, it, it, so, things can change. Know. Things can change. Who knows what's going on? Who knows what's going on? So, so Antoine needs help. So, just and again, extremely small sample size in the scrimmage. I don't know how everything works, but it seems to me that the options that they're going to have are Gerald Liddell, which makes sense, and AJ Oliver, which who we know nothing about. So that okay. is the that's the I mean, they both scored 16. Um, Liddell, the kind of the the Liddell, the kind of the four-one-one on him is he's the he's going to be the guy in the he's going to be the guy um, in the front court. I think he's going to be the guy who probably takes the takes the mantle of probably Willie Isiani, um, which could be basically it sounds like Willie Isiani, but he's not going to shoot a bunch of threes all the time. <laughs> That's too bad. That was kind of the best part about Willie Isiani. It was for me. Let it uh, rain. Hey, you know what? That's when he was at his best. <laughs> um, but the other thing too, and I think this is so. Yeah, I think the big thing for them though, and, and AJ Oliver's got another element to his game that, and I think this is going to be this is going to be. So I think with AJ Oliver, I think his shooting because he actually was three or four from beyond the arc is going to be what sets him apart essentially. But again, we don't know a lot about what's going on with him because he showed he, you know, he's kind of so late to the party, you know, he's so late to the party that we don't know what's going on. <laughs> Would be nice to know. Have I mentioned that we never know what's going on? Like uh, it, it just that's just it, it, Yeah. That is, that is that's what it is. It is what it is and there's not much we can do about it. We we work with what we got basically. That that's that's where we are at at this point. That's correct. I do not think I don't think they play. I actually do not think they, they uh, Detroit Mercy. I don't think plays an exhibition. They don't have one scheduled. Um, actually, it's funny because this game here, this game, they didn't actually have because Jeff Goodman has a list of all of the secret scrimmages. This wasn't even on his list. You know, so it's it funny so you mentioned that. This is so secret that not even Jeff Goodman knew about it. 
So I, I hadn't looked at the, uh, the the Goodman secret scrimmage list in a minute, and we've missed some secret scrimmages, and we've got a couple we more today. Did. We're recording on Sunday the 23rd, and we've missed yeah. a couple that we heard nothing about. So I'm wondering if anyone's got any information. I just tweeted it out as we were recording this to see if uh, – that, that is true. We are – yeah, we're kind of in the dark. Well, you know, are we always in the dark? Coaches. <laughs> when it comes to this sort of thing. Coaches, send us that Seems box like score. Come on now. I want to know – you know – Matt Crenshaw, IUPUI supposedly played Bellarmine yesterday. Like, let's let's see that score, box score. What's going on down there? Oh yeah, I hey, hook a brother up. <laughs> yeah, and uh, we've got Milwaukee and South Dakota State supposedly today. That one's got to be happening. It's in Minnesota supposedly. Yeah, and then that's gonna uh, be something. Youngstown State versus Indiana State. Uh, that's on a neutral court. I'm not sure where they're playing that game, but that that's actually a good a good matchup for them as well. Yeah. So that's yeah, that's gonna be yeah. We yeah, like you get yeah. your hands on one of those box scores. Send them our way. We want to know. Yeah, we we yeah we know it's quote unquote secret, but I mean these things kind of leak out all the time. We hear about all these things all the time. It's pretty. Oh, so we we got enough like we we got enough juice for this to work, right? <laughs> we want to know how it's going. We need we need our fix. Yeah, exactly. We are we are th- we we are now mere week. We are mere days away. Days, you know. We're I think we're like four, you know, not even maybe two weeks away from from actual basketball that counts. We That's need our. Fi- like it doesn't matter because we still we need our fix. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah so yeah. Oh, and Purdue Fort Wayne played Akron, by the way. Uh, yeah, had, Robert uh, Morris. But, so Robert Morris, uh, according to Jeff Goodman's list, um, IUPUI played Baron Lerman yesterday. Uh, Milwaukee's Akron. in Minnesota. PFW Akron yesterday. Uh, Milwaukee, Robert- South Dakota State today is the 23rd. Uh, Robert apparently Morris, Robert Miami, Morris Ohio. played, and that was last week. That was on the 15th. Uh, so the 22nd yesterday, uh, Wright State played Ball State. And then today, a, a as-yet-determined neutral court I hope I know they determined it. Yeah. So, and again, and this is clearly not an exhaustive list because according to this list, Detroit Mercy did not have a secret scrimmage. Cleveland State doesn't have a secret scrimmage scheduled. And Green Bay doesn't have one either. I appreciate Oakland's approach. No secret scrimmage. We're just going playing exhibitions. We'll tell you about it. Put it on TV. Yeah, exactly. Um, by the way, I know they're going to Rochester College for their second exhibition, aren't they? Rochester University. Rochester University. I'm sorry. Now it's a university. It used to be a college many, many years ago. The Roco once upon so. a time. Now the Row U. There you go. Um, is that one actually gonna, is that one going to be on uh, TV at all? Or is it, you know, or is it going to be on a thing that costs too much? <laughs> Um, I don't know that Rochester University is set up to uh, televise. I I have to imagine it doesn't come up often in their world. Um, I'm not sure, but when I hear, I will let you know. But if it's not being streamed or televised anywhere, I can tell you that I will be in attendance, and you can follow me on Twitter at Horizon Matt. You heard the man. He's gonna be a Rochester. He's gonna be a Rochester for that. Uh, for that. And it's not. I know that's a part of kind of. Uh, that's kind of a deal with Campy. I know that they've got something going on. I don't. Under, I don't recall the circumstances that a lot that where Campy opted to go to Rochester for this uh, exhibition. Do you want all. the story super quick? If I give you the thirty second version, you want it or no? I will take any version that I can get. Uh, so basically, Rochester uh, has had the same 
coach forever uh, was uh, Clint Pleasant or Garth. I don't remember. One's the dad, one's the son. The dad has since retired. He was the AD. They've renamed the this brand new gym after the dad. The son is now the coach there. But essentially, Campy's had a relationship with the family forever. Uh, Rochester sure. University has been very good to Oakland. Um, when Oakland has graduations that occur in the arena, um, Oakland has nowhere to practice because they do not have a practice facility. And Rochester University has on many occasions to open up their gym to Oakland University men's and women's basketball. So they had somewhere to practice. It's a very good working relationship between between the schools, you know, that are separated by, you know, 10 minutes, whatever it is. Um, so it was kind of a thank you where um, Greg Campy decided he would take his team to Rochester. And realistically, their gym isn't much smaller than the arena. So they should be able to fill it. They're hoping to put some Oakland fans in there and put some money in Rochester's pocket. Great. That's the story. That's great. Outstanding. Yeah. So that that helps. That yeah. And again, you know, it's it's a game that doesn't, you know, it's it's an exhibition game. It's you know, like you said, it's putting money in other, you know, in Rochester's pocket. So yeah, totally worth it. Yep, everybody wins, and it it was absolutely a thing. I think a, a thank you from camp, from Campy to the Pleasant family. All right. So before we go, uh, it seems like everybody's having a conversation about this now, about this. This discussion about expanding the the expanding the NCAA tournament, which obviously you know we are a part of, and we would be you know we've I, we haven't had a lot of discussion about it, but the discussion of expanding the tournament has come up again. Is it more? Are we going to see something tangent, uh, uh, tangible actually come to the fore? Uh, I don't know. But it's a nice it's it's a nice debate to have, I guess. So you got the wrong guy for this one. This this one feels to me no different than conference expansion. Like I got nothing. Like I, I have nothing to contribute until it's it's happening. You know, whatever. Yeah. Whatever someone so, decides, cool. So and uh, so here is my thought process on this. Um, and, and this is based on the fact that there are eighty more. I think there's eighty more schools in Division One now than they were when they expanded it to 64 in 1985. When they expanded the the NCAA tournament to 64 teams in 1985, there were, I think there were like 280, 281 schools in Division One. In 22-23, we're now up to 363. So does that mean anything? Yeah, it means that we are at a point where it, it seems that the exclusivity is a lot more. And what ends up happening is, and to, I understand the argument here, but it's kind of ridiculous. Like every time we turn around, it's like, well, there are at-large bids and they always seem to go to power five schools. And then they get bumped out of the, you know, they get bumped out of the tournament in the first round. And then we wonder why they were there in the first place. So, here is my thought process on this is, and we, I know we've had conversations offline about uh, internally about this, but I think the logical step would be to expand the tournament to 96 teams and, and give automatic bids to the regular season champ and the tournament champ, which means, which means that in any given year, because and it doesn't, and but again, it doesn't. It means there will be 32 uh, at the very minimum. There's still going to be 32 at-large teams, no matter what. 
So for the Power Five people, who Power Five teams who want you know the you know everybody to get in, 32 teams are still sitting there. But if you have the team that a team that is both the regular season champ and the tournament champ, that provides the opportunity to have up to 64 at-large bids. Now I I know that sounds insane, but that's okay because that's where, where I live. But I think that's the most equitable. I personally think that's the most equitable option. You know, we should, you I know, know we should ask about this? Who we should ask about this? Julie Rolash. Oh, yeah. You think she's... Okay. I'm sure that's going to... Yeah, I have this. It seems like a thing that she won't answer, but I mean... I think sure. she could give us her opinion on it. Yeah. So, well, I mean, given the fact that, you know, the, the Horizon League is down the street from the NCAA, she's ex-NCAA herself, by the way. So, I'm not telling her, Julie, tell me what's going on behind closed doors. I'm saying, Julie Rolash, as the commissioner of the Horizon League, what is your opinion on expanding the NCAA tournament? You know what? I, I think that might be something we could ask. I think you know that what? might be a topic that we come up with. There's one. We have one now. Well, that and we don't know. Yeah. Well, here's the other thing, too. And here's the other thing, too. And I... I, now that if if my theory if my if my proposal is crazy, this is probably even crazier. Is that at some point in time, at some point in time, it seems to me that a new conference is going to crop up somewhere along the lines. We got 363 teams, and we're trying to squish them all into what 34, 32 conferences right They're now. They're all going to be part of the Big Ten. That's fine. Yeah, they're all be a good part of the Big Ten. Yeah. Well, you're going to be part of the Big Ten or the A-Sun. That's basically it. <laughs> Here, uh, Power Five teams, you go to the Big Ten. Mid-major teams, you go to the A-Sun. There you go. I'm in. But, go. yeah. I don't know. I think I, – I I do think that at some point in time, if this is something that – if expansion happens, I, I suspect, I theoretically believe that – there will be another. There will be another conference that pops up. I think that's that's my that's what I believe is going to happen. I mean, we've seen it once. We saw we saw kind of the great schism of the what was the Big East and then you know the American Athletic Conference popped up out of nowhere. Just kind of that great schism there. So there's a lot of teams, and I think there's I think we're at a point where. We may end up getting a new conference may appear, especially if 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 we move forward with expansion of the tournament. But I could be wrong, which means, of course, you know, I assume and my assumption, by the way, and I'm sure this is even more crazy is even crazier is that one of these one of these teams is going to one of these conferences, this theoretical mystery conference that probably will never happen. But let's say if it does, we'll be a Midwest conference. That's what I think, but I've been known to be wrong many, many times before, and you're at the end of this podcast, so you probably turned it off like 20 minutes ago anyway, so I mean, I'm let's go ahead and... <laughs> I did. I know you did already. You heard it firsthand anyway, so all right, so let's go ahead and wrap this thing up then. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. All right, so yeah, next week we're going to do in the uh, student media forum. Um, so horizonroundtable.com, our past episodes, our content is there. 
Uh, you can pull us up where our podcasts are found. And, of course, you can pull us up on your Amazon or Google devices. So tune in next week. Uh, and until then, thank you all for listening.